Welcome to The Meteor Podcast, a weekly news show about what's going on in the media community. This episode is for Friday, September 5th, 2014. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer your Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. Uh, you know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome, Meteor fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with a special guest co-host. Mark Shropshire. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, thanks. I appreciate the uh, invitation. Yeah, yeah. So Rye was uh, busy with meetings this week, so reached out to Mark, who is the um, Meteor captain for Meteor Charlotte, right? That's it. Awesome. Um, so uh, we'll just dive into... Uh, I, I'm sure everyone knows where they can find us. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Meteor Podcast, uh, iTunes, search for Meteor Podcast, uh, or MeteorPodcast.com. Yeah, there we go. All the usual suspects. Yes. And uh, uh, normally I say something. I do full-time Meteor work, but as it turns out, I only have one one week left at Differential. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's kind of big news. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Gonna go work for a company in Canada that has a Meteor app. So awesome! Can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, so this week we are talking about Meteor methods versus client side operations. Uh, Meteor 091. <laughs> uh, understanding the merge box. Meteor spotting and how to organize your Meteor app. So. First up is the uh, Meteor Methods versus Client-Side Operations. Uh, This one came out last night, actually. Sasha put this up on the Discover Meteor blog. As always, like high-quality posts from him. Excuse me. And um, it's an interesting topic because uh, he's kind of comparing like doing uh, a post.insert on the client versus creating a method and doing the insert in the method on the server side. And uh, talking about kind of the ramifications of the two different uh, versions that you can do, and um, I don't. This is this is something I remember struggling with early on. Like I remember there was a time where I was doing Meteor methods for everything, and um, you know, and, and and not really doing the inserts on the client side. Uh, but I think I, I've moved more towards doing them. Uh, on the on the server side now, and then you know I'll I'll decorate. So I, I tend to use mini mongoid, and then I'll decorate you know uh, like a post uh, insert method that'll look up the user that's logged in and kind of uh, put that onto the onto the the record if I need to or something like that. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. So I I mean, do you do you find you kind of struggle with that at all or? Well, it's the the whole client server aspect of Meteor, uh, not having dumb terminal and old school web. Definitely, uh, it is a mind shift in a lot of ways. Yeah. So probably not just for this topic, but a lot of other things too. But yeah, it definitely 
uh, as I learn more about Meteor, I'm still still kind of digging in and figuring out, you know, what does the whole client server, you know, methodology really mean uh, to how we build apps and that sort of thing. Yeah. And where's the you know where are the advantages? So yeah, lots the teams I'm working with uh, on different Meteor projects, open source and close to light are just. A lot of discussions around architecture and patterns and how are we going to do this and that and relying heavily on you know a lot of the articles we talk about here. Yeah, 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 for sure. And Sasha does a good job too of covering like the security concerns and why you might want to move to a method. So it's good stuff. Recommend reading that one for sure. Most definitely. Of course, I, I guess. I make this list every week, so they're all kind of recommended by me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's based off Crater, so yeah, that yeah. that helps a lot. You've got uh, you've got feedback coming in all the time. You don't have to uh, curate completely. Yeah. Well, the, so the interesting thing now is that uh, we've gotten to the point where I'm actually leaving like half the articles on Crater because we only do five to keep it a little shorter. So. Yeah, uh, you know this. This week there were probably about close to. I think there were eight stories this week that I I picked out of. I, I tell you, there's a lot more than what you had when I first started following. I mean, it's definitely increasing. Yeah. Uh, you can see it jumping up. The excitement. Yeah. Pre 1.0. Yeah, I can see it uh, in the analytics too on the Twitter account and in the Google Analytics. Like we're getting a ton more traffic now. So. I bet most definitely. All right. Next up, uh, Meteor 091. All right. So. Uh, so we had a uh, blog post uh, come out on the Meteor blog on Meteor 091, and it's Meteor Developer Organizations and uh, Solidified Blaze APIs. So I found this interesting, and I think it kind of ties into last week's podcast uh, where you and Rob were talking about some of the issues uh, that you're having with the conversion uh, from Atmosphere to the core packages. And uh, so... So now you can basically uh, what this the organizations gives you it actually lets you take GitHub organizations, uh, add your team to them, and uh, actually use that as use that organization name in the name of your packages. So you don't have to uh, tie up an individual's name and that sort of thing. And examples were used in this article were my startup. So you could replace my startup with whatever choice name that uh, you have. Uh, so I, I think that's a great thing, and uh, you know this, these are the kinds of things that the community and uh, the Meteor Dev Group has to kind of figure out along the way. How do we, as a as a community, um, you know, make this system easy to use, make it friendly, um, yeah, you know, make it easy to install packages and and uh, manage packages and that sort of thing, and heavy heavy reliance on GitHub, which is fine by most developers. So. Um, so I'm 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 excited about that and definitely will be using this feature. Yeah. Yeah, so this was definitely like a big negative here when 09 came out because I, I know for uh differential, like you used to be able to go to Atmosphere and type in differential and you'd see like the ten ten or eleven packages that uh that I and some of the other teammates had worked on there. And now like you go there and you know, you have to type in Josh Owens um, in order to, you know, you'll see like half the packages show up under me, one shows up under Rye, uh, one's under Greg. So, I mean, there's just like, they're just spread all over the place now. And so I think, I think someone's grabbed differential now and 
they'll probably move a lot of that stuff under there. Um, I also grabbed I grabbed uh, Meteor Club too. So some, nice. of the, some of the stuff that I had worked on, uh, I'm going to keep working on open source wise and moved it under my own GitHub organization. So yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. It sounds like some. Uh, I read somewhere in uh, this. I guess this last week there, there's some process to. Uh, if you need help getting some things converted, I think maybe Tom is helping with that process. Yeah, so I I watched him respond to a couple of those, and it looks like he's mostly pushing people off and saying like, well, "Let's wait till we get like an automated migration tool or something." So, yeah, that's a lot of work to yeah. ask somebody to do. <laughs> yeah, because I I saw a tweet like, "There's over two thousand packages on Atmosphere now." I guess so. Of course, it's probably hard to tell because I noticed like someone hadn't updated uh, accounts T9N, but then someone else forked it, fixed it, and then pushed it to their own namespace. So how many of those packages, excuse me, are going to be the same, but they're namespaced? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I was kind of working on a little sample app to push out, um, just proof of concept on some things. And I went ahead and did it with the latest version and upgraded to 091 night before last. But at any rate, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see the package names when you search through the, uh, the repository list because I'm always – and then I'm looking at Atmosphere and trying to figure out, is this the, right, is this the same thing? Is this different? Um, so, yeah, there's you know, probably a little, little bit of confusion, but I think word's getting out and uh, uh, you know, everybody's doing all they can to say this is, this is the way to do it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, the, the one thing I wish they would bring back is the ability to point at a Git repo in a branch and say, install this package. I, I really, really miss that. Like that was, you know, we would develop accounts entry and I, I could just tell people like, Oh, just go, you know, go, go use master and see if that fixes your problem. And if it fixed their problem, then, you know, I, I would eventually deploy it within a week or so. But now right. it's like, Oh, it's on master. Um, but now I have to tell them to go like clone it locally into the right directory and you know have it get picked up and then and then put my my repo in as part of their app which is i don't know seems wrong <laughs> yeah i, I hope, it, hope that makes it <laughs> well i, I kind of think that you know their meteor development group i think the philosophy is just they're trying to do everything they can right but also keep in mind let's get this thing done and get 1.0 out so yeah. I'm sure a lot of those things will iron out as they move along, which yeah. kind of takes us to the second part of the Post. of this article was the which is kind of exciting that there's so there's been a known set of uh okay call them private apis uh in blaze but they're they're out there they're they're not really private they're documented in the <laughs> in this open source but yeah um but it is it's officially documented so um so if you take a look at the post and look at the release notes it's it's pretty clear they're real clear on these are the new public and documented apis and um uh there's some changes uh you know some some were deprecated and here are the new names and uh, that is definitely worth a look on the front end side of things just to make sure that folks understand and make any changes to their apps that are necessary or or have new tools they didn't know existed yeah which is yeah. great yeah because i mean like when underscore parent data came out like that was that was a great thing to be able to use because when blaze came out like that was that was the first pain point was like how the hell do i get back to my parent data 
for a template. And now that's become template.parentData. It's just a function you can call in the template namespace, which to me makes a lot more sense. So uh, looks like they've they've done a good job here uh, cleaning some of this stuff up. And um, they, they still have – so the way you know that you're using something that's undocumented or private is it's going to start with an underscore. And uh, it's okay to use it, but it's like use it at your own risk because it may – It could go away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's, they're not—they're not, not going to do any of the deprecation warnings with those, I would think. So, yeah, they'll just you be like, "You shouldn't have used that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pointy finger, uh, but that's that 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 can happen. Uh, there's also some mention here of uh, some uh, package uh, renames, uh, like Live Data and DDP and Mongo Live Data and Mongo and um, some of those. So it, those things are worth a look i think for folks because yeah. when you see these names pop in and it's confusing so these, these release notes are probably super valuable yeah. and and they did mention in an article that it's a lot of housekeeping mm-hmm. going on here just to clean up things uh, improve things smooth it out um as as we move closer to 1.0 yeah yeah the the one interesting thing i saw was they renamed uh depths to tracker and i, I saw a funny tweet i think it was slava uh, either tweeted or said something on Crater, and he was like, uh, I lobbied for it to be named NSA. <laughs> <laughs> Funny stuff. All yep. right. So, the tracker. Next, uh, understanding merge box. So this was timely. I was actually like digging into this uh, about a week and a half ago and trying to write like why you want to be aware of the merge box and what it means for uh, performance on your server. Because uh, any data that you send down the wire ends up in the merge box, and uh, and the Meteor server is, is kind of keeping track of that data. So uh, it, it is something that people need to be aware of because, I mean, it's going to chew up either CPU or, or memory um, as you push a lot more data down. So something for people to be aware of. Um, you know, I, I, I think the merge box is a great... Uh, mechanism for making sure that if there's data already available, like, you know, it's, it's part caching and it's part um, uh, bandwidth saving. So, you know, if you've got a mobile device and you don't want to send as much data or, you know, they can make a couple trips, like as they need more data, like the merge box does a good job at, at managing that. So, and uh, Aaronota wrote this article and did a, a great job of kind of explaining it a little bit. And then, uh, he pitches us on buying his book at the end for our hard-earned dollar bills, yo. <laughs> All the meteor explained. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But he, so the, the interesting thing is, like, the merge box is uh, one of four parts of the chapter on publish and subscribe. So uh, I, I would say, just based on reading this article, I, I would love a little bit more, a uh, little bit more to it. But uh, I still think it, it's really good. To, to even get you started on understanding what the merge box is. Um, but it, it looks like based on this content, like at, at least chapter five is going to be pretty awesome. So, Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I super appreciate all of his articles uh, because they do go in depth into the internals of the mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things that anybody could say, well, go look at the meteor code and we all do, yeah. but he, he'll, he'll highlight something like this, dig into it deep and, give you, you know, just give you the details that he's saving you time. That's ultimately the, he's saving you time with his research. So, um, he's definitely got a niche in that, 
part of the meteor blog world. It's really cool. Yeah, he's not he's not scared to to roll up his sleeves and and really dig into something and figure out how to hack into it. <laughs> yeah, he seems to work 24, 27, 20, 24, 7. The, the air He's all the time working. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the air notice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I, another great article. Like, I, in my opinion, like, as you're getting deeper in Meteor, you should read this. So, yep. All right, next up, uh, Meteor Spotting. So, so Meteor Spotting came out here uh, and is a site – uh, that basically, well, there's basic, there's a Chrome extension uh, that will track and uh, help you help basically report back to this uh, website, which is spotting.meteor.com, and uh, help identify actual meteor applications in the wild, uh, which is which is great because uh, we we actually in the community need example applications. What can be done with meteor? Uh, I know as part of Meteor Charlotte, anybody involved with Meteor groups and the community, it's a fantastic way to show off what can be done with Meteor. So this is a live showcase that's more or less automated from what I understand from, from the Chrome extension. Um, and, and it's, uh, and actually it, yeah, it actually logs who last spotted it. So you're kind of seeing who, who actually, uh, I guess last visited the site. Cause I know some of, some of these on the site are obviously, are getting hit all the time just because of the sites that they are. But, um, but I think that's pretty neat and it does, it looks like it splits. Yeah. Recent spottings and top spotters. We can see who's spending a lot of time browsing, um, <laughs> browsing on the web, um, <laughs> as they do work, probably looking for meteor tips and tricks, but, um, oh, but no, I thought this was slick and it looks, it, it is, it is open. So it's got a fork me on GitHub. Yeah. Nice. So, so you can at least, uh, check out, you know, there's an example set of me- there's an example meteor app right there. It is a meteor app. Yeah, you know the interesting thing too is right. They've got it broken out. Like when you go to their repo, they've got the server and then they've got the extension. Right. Uh, and so, you know, maybe this is a good way for people to understand how to build a Chrome extension and then how to integrate it with a meteor app. So, yep. Probably a good example. Excuse me. Good example there. Um, the only downside, I just installed it and went to Crater, and it said, oh, you discovered a previously unknown Meteor site. But then I clicked, and like 64 people have gone to Crater. So Yeah, it's definitely it's not near quite the top right. of the list, too, so yeah, yeah. of recent. Yeah. And it wasn't you. <laughs> yeah. The other people I, are hitting it. <laughs> I just installed it, so. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting, though, like. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, it is the and I love the fact somebody would build something like this and open source it. That's that's great. Ah, it's the Meteor Daily guys, huh? Yeah, this is this is nice. I like it. Yeah. Ship it. I just installed it. it works great. That's awesome. Highly recommend. A plus plus. All right. Uh, last article: How to organize your Meteor app. Um. So I wrote this one, uh, and I wanted to, I guess, talk about. So there's been, there there really haven't been many people talking about this. I think there's been like one dev shop where there was a presentation given, uh, and this was maybe a little side piece of the presentation, like one part of it. And then uh, there was there was another set of uh, slides that were posted online. 
Uh, but there's there's really no article to go with it, no no reasoning or explanation of why they're doing certain things. So I really wanted to dive into, uh, you know, I, early on at, at Differential, I wrote an article, not an article, uh, a set of standards. And, um, and so now that we've, you know, I guess they've, I don't know, this is going to be weird for a while. <laughs> um, you know, I, I helped them build 40-something apps, right? And uh, so I really wanted to go back and look and see, like, what have we kind of come to consensus out of all that and distill it down into a blog post and and write it up and see if we can get some other people to maybe start talking about it, thinking about it, uh, saying, well, that's a good idea or that's a bad idea. And, and it, you know, it happened. I mean, I put it out there and there's a lot of good comments in there like, oh, that's probably a bad idea or that's terrible or a lot of people saying like, well, I don't understand why you do an underscore and then other people are jumping in like, well, here's the possible reasons, you know, it sorts your your partials up to the top of the folder list for you and makes it more obvious. So, uh, but really like for me, the, the impetus for this was working on a project that didn't have any good organization, like you know, the templates weren't, uh, the, the template file names were different than the template names. Um, there was no rhyme or reason to the pathing at all once you got under client views. So, uh, there's just, it was just a lot of me grepping around and trying to find where code was. And, you know, like no one wants to pay for that. Like, let's just be pedantic and, and do it right up front and save everybody time, you know? Well, at some point someone has to come and maintain this code, yeah. whether it's you or somebody else. And you're, you're not doing a good service, uh, for anyone if you make it un, you know, non-maintainable. But, uh, it was funny, this article hit and, uh, uh, one of the other guys in our shop, like immediately was all over it, already read it, was excited about it. And I said, well, let's, why don't we, you know, Friday night, let's, let's talk about it. You know, we'll hang out and let's, Let's go through it and let's figure out what patterns we should pull into what we're doing and make sure we're doing things uh, the way we like them. And, you know, I said maybe in the end it's just a combination of what, you know, maybe we great we, we like certain things we do and we grab stuff that Josh has said and we go for it. But the, the thing that he, he really landed on was the pathing. I, I think that's a huge tip. Yeah. Um, that yeah. just makes, you know, that's, that's – he was immediately like, oh, that – I really like that. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, and of course, I mean – so the idea there, for anyone that hasn't read the article yet, uh, go read it. But um, like the URL should tell you what your folder path is going to be. And so, you, I mean, there should be no thought there. Like you, you see the URL, you immediately know the path, and you can open the file. Like to me, don't make me think, right? Like that, that's really what that's about. That, that seems, it seems obvious, but it, it doesn't happen all the time. And I can't say I've always done it, so i got to look at that. But – the other, the other part, uh, just naming, you know, your templates, one template per file, and naming your templates uh, with, you know, naming the files with as the name of the template. That again seems so elementary, but will confuse you to no end with a Meteor app if those things are off. Yeah, so. yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, when I'm prototyping an app, yeah, sure, like I'm a little lazy and I end up with like three <laughs> yep. or four templates in one file. Oh, you're slamming them in there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, at some point I go back in and and really bust those out into their own files. And that's the way it should be because, I mean, there's just no – like, again, you're going to make me stop and think or stop and grep or – and that's totally going to break a developer's flow. And that's the worst thing 
that we can do as a developer is later on screw another developer. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's we, sh- you know, I'm I was super pleased. One of the you know, this was actually um, I was much, you know a little bit earlier on, but still talking about Meteor to some folks, um, evangelizing as you may say. But um, you know, that's one of the topics I brought up. I said it, it's it can be a little scary because Meteor has been made so flexible on the organization of files. So here's the big section in doc, docs.meteor.com where that, that huge section explains all the parameters of how you name files and which folders are special and all that. Yep. You almost have to read that and then go back to it occasionally until you get it. But once you get it, the flexibility is awesome. But then you get to a point where you're like, oh, all this flexibility, but I do need structure still. Yeah. So it's awesome that we can all have a little, you know, a little bit of variety in how we structure things, but you know, landing on a pattern for a team, landing on pattern, uh, good patterns within the community uh, on, a, on a more global set. Yeah, I think it's really awesome. So yeah, I, I, definitely just, appreciate I mean, if you're you. gonna if you're gonna do something, you know, maybe maybe my my standards aren't a hundred percent correct, but if you're gonna do something, like just take the time to document it. Like even go copy paste out of my my blog post and steal a few things and start a file and add to it as you work through you know, what you want your team standards to be. And then, you know, if you do pass it off, like go, go shove that in a readme somewhere in the repo, you know, yep. be a nice or, guy. <laughs> definitely. Or turn it into, you know, you guys have done boilerplates, uh, turn yeah. it into your boilerplate yeah. and m- make it documented via that. So yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of good ways to do that. All right. So that's all the stories this week. Uh, lately, we've kind of just been saying, what have you worked on this week? Anything interesting, Mark? <laughs> Uh, this, the little sample app that I'm working on, and I should have a blog post out soon, hopefully. Um, I finally still, you know, I've talked to you about this. I'm still wrapping my head around joins and all that. I feel like I've reread the reactive joins blog post a million times. Um, mm. and I think part, I think part of it for me is coming out of a relational database background is just, you know, getting in. I mean, I understand conceptually no, no sequel. MySQL stuff, but actually applying it and 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 I think this week and la- end of last week, early this week, a couple of us on our team was like, it, it finally hit, and we're like, okay, okay, now we are at peace with putting taking a collection and just putting a lot of data in it and just not worrying about it, <laughs> and and so so the whole the whole join thing. Um, you know, kind of where I'm landed again. This is uh, I don't know if I'm right, and that's why I'm looking forward to hearing, uh, yeah, hearing and reading some of your thoughts on it too at some point. But uh, I think where I've landed is, uh, you know, join to the users since the users collection is there and available, and it's free. You get it free with account space mm-hmm. package. I think that I'll just join to that and maybe not normalize from that, even though I know a lot of people normalize out of it. So again, I'm not saying right, wrong, whatever. I think, but beyond that. Uh, we're going to have one other collection on an app that we're working on and just start there and then not really worry about that until not worry about doing anything else with it and just kind of look away until, <laughs> until we get to a point we need to do something different because yeah. We, so we, the only thing, the only reason I've ever found to go to like a reactive join publication is usually because you have data uh, in the first kind of collection that you need for the second collection. And I mean, I don't know, like in, in the 
10 apps that I've built myself, like I've only run into it a couple of times that we do like really deep publications. So, um, and, and at that, they didn't need to be reactive either. So yeah, that's uh, the other thing I guess that you got to think about is, does it really have to be reactive? Right. And so the easy thing you can do is, uh, is just create uh, a publication and, uh, the easiest way to do it is just return an array of cursors and you're fine. Um, so you can, you know, we've actually done things where we'll, we'll find the first set, uh, that we need for the collection. We'll grab all the IDs out. Then we'll go find like the second set and we'll grab those and we just build up all those cursors and then just return them all in the publication. So, um, I think for us, the biggest one we ever had was on the fantasy hub draft page where we were, uh, you know, you're able to go draft your team. But it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter who you're drafting or who I'm drafting because it's all salary based drafting. So we didn't have to make it reactive. So we didn't. Like why? Why add that overhead? Right. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Definitely a consideration. The other, the other thing I think I learned in the process was that um, yeah, it's probably a good idea not. It's a good idea to read all the docs on Mongo you can and understand how that works. But yeah. that meteor adds another layer that actually is a slightly different twist. So there is kind of, there's a Mongo way, but then on top of it, you should layer, there's some meteor patterns and methods you should apply to your data model. So yeah. I think that's worth understanding. Cause I don't think I realized that till recently was, it's great to understand Mongo, but meteor is also doing some special things to yeah. your data. Yeah. Well, and they wrap it up too, right? Like they've got the op, op, bleh, op log stuff. Um, yep. and you know, they kind of wrap that up in their own special way. And, uh, they, I don't think they've implemented everything that is available in Meteor in Mini Mongoi or Mini Mongo. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely say it's worth reading there too. You're right. So for me, uh, this week, uh, I've been working on Meteor Club. Uh, I think Monday was, uh, officially the two week mark maybe that I, since I started this and, Got like 130 people subscribed to it now and uh, getting a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of them are around like how do you how do you get started building a Meteor app? And so I'll leave this as an exercise for the listeners. I have put up a landing page where you can go apply for my training class, but uh, I've, I'm going to be doing a training class at the end of the month uh, with limited amounts of spots on how to get started with Meteor. So... So get in there. Yeah. And uh, and then the other thing is uh, I think maybe on the 19th, I'm trying to figure out the exact time, but I'm going to do my first Meteor Club hangout too where people can jump in and ask questions like like talking about reactive joins and that kind of stuff. So really want to want to do that like at least once a month, like just have a hangout where people can come, come ask questions, learn. Hopefully uh, I can help them, you know. I want more people in Meteor, and I know the best way to do that is to help educate them. <laughs> yeah, so. that's exactly right. And also just the welcoming community. I mean, having the community the way it is uh, yeah. in Meteor is just, it seems super healthy. Yeah. All the way around. That's been great. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, like, when I went to go look for a new job, there were two, two jobs posted that had to do with Meteor at the time. And so. Yeah. I know, like, maybe it's purely selfish that I want more people in Meteor because it means, like, there's more people writing blog posts and, you know, figuring things out that I don't have to figure out anymore. There's more people um, 
you know, using the thing, hopefully more startups using it, more jobs available, you know, like the whole ecosystem flourishes when we get more people in there. So, yeah, that's the way to do it. It's kind of where my head's at. I think it's the right place. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's it for today. So uh, may have been our single longest episode ever, but <laughs> shrops on here. That's what happens. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> some good knowledge dropping. So, uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, uh, I think I think Rye will be back. We'll see. We'll see if he's unbusy. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs>